0: h-e-l-p slash sober I'm Jill and this is the sober powered podcast I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about alcohol and sleep. About 20% of Americans use alcohol to help them fall asleep, and an estimated 10 million people consult doctors for problems sleeping. So alcohol does actually help us fall asleep faster, but it also prevents us from entering REM sleep, which is the restorative kind of sleep. Um, REM is also where we dream and it's critical for normal brain function and emotional well-being. So I'll get into why that is later in this episode, but I want to talk about how we sleep. So what's going on? What are the different stages? So chronic insomnia is um, defined as difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep for longer than three weeks. So something interesting that I found out is that substance abuse is involved in about 10 to 15% of chronic insomnia cases. So to make quitting drinking you know, even more difficult, sleep disturbance is actually a really common side effect of quitting drinking. Around 70% of patients admitted for medical detox report sleep problems prior to admission. So this is something I've experienced myself. Um, When I quit drinking the first three weeks, I really had a lot of trouble sleeping. Um, I woke up a lot. I was very restless and tired. And I took something um, that I got off Amazon called Tranquil Sleep. It's um, it's like a chewable melatonin thing, and I only had to take half of the recommended dose, and it really helped me a lot. So I'll link that in the show notes. Um, if you're having trouble sleeping, melatonin could be could be something natural that you could try, maybe help you out. So sleep, sleep is involved in two stages. So REM rapid eye movement sleep, and non-REM sleep. Non-REM sleep um, actually has four stages. So when we first go to sleep, we go into light sleep, where we can be easily woken up. And then we transition into intermediate sleep. So sleep progresses from light to intermediate to deep sleep. And deep sleep can also be called slow wave sleep or delta sleep, if you're interested in learning more about it. So once we go into deep sleep, we enter our first period of REM sleep. And then after that, REM and non-REM sleep are going to alternate for 90-minute cycles for the remainder of the night. So we can dream, you know, the whole time we're asleep, but REM sleep is where we're going to have more vivid dreams and be more likely to remember them. In REM sleep, um, your heart rate increases, your eyes... Um, will move back and forth quickly, and your arms and legs actually become paralyzed so that you're not acting out your dreams. So this you know, can probably be a problem for someone who sleepwalks. They might have a disruption there. So when we drink alcohol as a sleep aid, it does actually help us fall asleep quicker but it suppresses REM sleep. So, this makes us feel tired and groggy the next day, in addition to, you know, probably being hungover. So, drinking alcohol within an hour of bedtime can actually suppress melatonin production by up to 20%. And melatonin is what helps us feel sleepy and, and stay asleep. So, if you have less melatonin, you're going to have more trouble sleeping and feeling tired. Many studies have shown that total sleep time is reduced in people with alcohol use disorder while they are drinking and in early recovery with almost no exceptions. But with prolonged abstinence, total sleep time does recover. So what I mean by this is that when you abuse alcohol, you will sleep less than someone who does not abuse alcohol. Even if you go to bed at the exact same time and you have, you know, nine hours in bed to get sleep, you will ultimately sleep less than the other person just because of alcohol. With prolonged abstinence, studies have shown that total sleep time does recover. So we're not doomed to sleep less than, you know, the quote unquote normal drinkers forever. Um, Something interesting is that after you get sober, REM sleep rebounds after about five or six days of sobriety. So what this means is that there are more periods of REM sleep and there's a shorter interval between REM and non-REM sleep. So you go into REM sleep more often and stay in there longer than someone who doesn't abuse alcohol. And remember, I said that REM is where we're going to have really vivid dreams and we're more likely to remember them. So the point of a dream, Um, It's not like exactly known, but the idea is that it helps us process our emotions and things that have gone on during the day. So if you're someone who struggles with stress or anxiety, it's more likely that you're going to have nightmares in response to that. So in early recovery, we have stress and anxiety from quitting alcohol. Plus, now we have rebounded REM sleep. Both of these contribute to the likelihood of nightmares about drinking. So a study done by Mass General Hospital looked at a group of a little bit more than 2,000 people who recovered from significant alcohol or drug use. What the researchers found was that about one-third of these participants had drinking dreams. And the dreams lessen the longer that they stayed sober. So Mass General Hospital calls these dreams relapse dreams. And they are dreams where the person drinks or ingests their drug of choice. When the dreamer wakes up, they experience, um, you know, like shock, disbelief, and they're overwhelmed with fear, guilt, and shame. So these dreams can seem really real, and when we wake up, we believe that we actually relapsed and and drank until we realize it was just a dream. So the author of this study's name is John Kelly, and this is how he explained it. He said, the association between the decreasing frequency of these dreams and the length of time in recovery suggests that as the body and mind gradually adapt to abstinence and a new lifestyle, psychological angst about relapse diminishes. REM sleep and deep wave sleep undergo important changes even long after people enter recovery. And these relapse dreams may be indicative of the healing process, And brain mind stabilization that occurs with time and recovery. So basically, drinking dreams occur because our brain is healing itself. So we're going into more REM sleep. So we're having rebound REM because we were suppressing REM back when we were abusing alcohol. So now that our body is not anesthetized by alcohol. Every night, or if you weren't a daily drinker, every time you binged, the body is in shock. It's excited, like, let's restore ourselves and recover. So we go into like super REM. So we're automatically going to be able to have more powerful dreams more frequently. And then add into that being anxious about not drinking anymore. Um, For me, I didn't want to quit drinking, I felt like I had no other choice. So if you listen to the bonus episode that I released, um, I talked about the last night that I drank. So when I quit drinking, I felt that I had no other option. I felt that it was my life or alcohol. And I ultimately decided to choose my life, but I didn't want to quit. I had stress. How was I going to go on vacation? How would I socialize? How are people going to respond to me? You know, am I a loser? Am I an alcoholic? All the stress and those resulted in drinking dreams. So I've actually had a lot of these dreams and they are scary. You wake up and you feel like, oh my God, I drink. Like, why would I do that? And then I realize after a minute or two, that it was just a dream and I'm safe. But they do really freak me out when it happens. So one dream that I had pretty recently was I was on this big, creepy um, like cargo ship. So it looked like it belonged in a horror movie. And I was desperately trying to find my cat Luna. I knew that I was leaving the ship forever and I was never going to come back. And she was somewhere on the ship and I had to get her and save her, but I couldn't find her. And I ran through the ship looking everywhere and I couldn't find my cat. And this continued for a long time. I just kept searching for her and and trying to find her and I couldn't find her. And then I woke up in my dream and I realized that I was old and the ship was actually a mental institution. So I was In my old age, and I was institutionalized. And what happened was, um, my caretakers told me that every time I drink, I obsessively try to find Luna, but she's been dead for a long time. And that this has been going on for the past 40 years. And every time I drink, I forget, you know, what's going on. And I think I'm young again. And I try to find my cat. And when I woke up, for real, um, this really freaked me out because first of all it was just really scary. But then it was also like the thought that I continued for my whole life still abusing alcohol and I never got away from it. And um it, it was just really scary. It, that dream will stay with me for a long time. I've had a couple other freaky drinking dreams. Um, I had a lot in the beginning, obviously. And as I've stayed sober, they've become less and less. And now they're really infrequent. When I do have them, they obviously freak me out. But they're, they're really not that frequent anymore. So what Mass General found was that about one third of people have drinking dreams. So you might have them, you might not. You just have to see. I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that I had a lot of trouble sleeping the first three weeks of getting sober. And after my sleep regulated and I started feeling better and was able to sleep, I actually started getting the best sleep of my life. So I feel very well rested. I'm sleeping like I did back when I was a teenager and I really didn't think that was possible for adults. And that's just because I'm not knocking myself out every night. So when you pass out from drinking, it's like going under anesthesia. You're not going to sleep. You just kind of like click off and that's not restorative. Like when you're under anesthesia or you're knocked out, you're not actually like sleeping and and restoring your brain. And then after You know, the alcohol process in my system, enough, I had disruptive sleep. I woke up, you know, at 3 a.m. with that wine jolt of shame. Um, You wake up a lot to go to the bathroom because alcohol is a diuretic. So it just really like destroys your sleep. Even if you do get eight hours, the first couple hours, if you passed out, they probably don't actually count to your body. And then the rest of your sleep, is so disrupted from constantly waking up either with anxiety or having to go to the bathroom or just, you know, being more alert that you never enter the restorative type of sleep. You're kind of just hanging out in light sleep for most of the night. So when I was drinking, I was always tired and hungover and wanted to sleep a lot and recover But at the same time I had trouble sleeping and now I have an extremely regular sleep schedule but it does take time so if you're in your first month of sobriety just be patient look into melatonin Um, have a nice bedtime routine so don't watch some crazy action movie on tv and then immediately go to bed try to wind down a little bit and take care of yourself Um, I hope this episode was helpful to understand what's going on with our sleep and why we have these frightening dreams. I know they freak so many people out. A lot of you have been leaving me reviews for this podcast and rating it. I so, so appreciate that. Every review helps me get the message out there for more people. So if you guys could take a sec and please subscribe to this podcast and submit a review I would really, really appreciate it. Um, Make sure to either DM me or tag me on Instagram and let me know so I can thank you personally. And as always, reach out if there's something you want me to talk about or you just want to let me know where you are in your sobriety. I would love to talk to you. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it.